2: Joining me today in studio, a very special guest. He is the host of a new broadcast called New Hope Christian Fellowship. Heard Sundays at ten thirty a.m. right here on KFAX. Pastor of New Hope Christian Fellowship in the city of Hayward, and joining us today is Pastor Timothy Russell. Pastor, good to see you. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. We were just having some conversation off the air before the broadcast today. In addition to your responsibilities, you've got a ministry program here on KFAX. You also. have have a couples ministry with your wife, Vanessa, here on KFAX. We'll talk a bit more about that later on. But in addition to your ministerial responsibilities, uh, you're in the tent-making business, and that's okay. Uh, (laughs) Paul was in the tent-making business as well. And so toward that degree, you work for an organization that essentially coaches young entrepreneurs. And how to get it right. And That's it's amazing right. because you look at such a vast percentage of new startup businesses these days that tend to fail and fail utterly for primarily two things either undercapitalization or, quite frankly, just a lack of skill know how. They have the desire, they might have the customer service skills, but the back end administrative skills are lacking, or they know how to minister the back end, but they have no sense on how to deal with the customer and deal with the public or. or maybe deal with employees and hr related issues and and so we see a lot of companies end up struggling and failing because they essentially don't have their house in order that's right and i find it fascinating in so much as what you do then essentially monday through friday is not altogether different from what you do in the pulpit on sundays and on radio in the sense of providing Mentorship, maybe a better word is even discipleship.
3: That's right. Yeah, I, you, you hit it right on the nose. I need to hire you to, so you can come uh, work with me. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. So many individuals they have a passion, but they don't know how to turn that passion to profit. And and it requires more than just making the cookie. Oh, I make a great cookie and everybody likes it. It's I got to know how to make the cookie. I had to know how to have a marketing plan for the cookie. I need to have the right employees to help me sell the cookie and, and bake the cookie. And it's a whole lot that goes into business. And I am very fortunate to work work for an awesome organization, um, Renaissance Entrepreneurship Center that, that takes the time every single day and has been doing it for 32 going on 33 years Um, To help individuals start and then in many cases help individuals grow their business because you'll be amazed how many are out there doing business and because they're gifted, but they could be doing business a lot better if they had the right tools and the right people around them to do the business well.
2: So make it, bake it, sell it, grow it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the backdoor administration that sometimes, even if you get all the front end working great, then you find out some company that had such a great reputation suddenly is going out of business because the IRS has rolled in and said, well, there's $14 million in unpaid employee benefits, Social Security benefits, yeah. and taxes that yeah. somehow the company just never got around to paying.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, and not even knowing they had to pay it. Because like we were talking earlier, um, sometimes we have a loyalty that will hurt our business. Yeah, I, I tell entrepreneurs all the time, Aunt Jenny cannot do your books. Uh, you know, Uncle Joe cannot do your books. And though they may have been there from the beginning when you didn't have nothing and they invested that dollar for you, um, to be successful, you have to have skilled people around you that can tell you, We need to do it this way. We need to report this. We need to make sure this is right. And that's building a business that's sustainable. And uh, that's one of the main things we want business owners to know. Build a sustainable business and a legal business. So we have consultants that come in and teach on business law, financial consultants, marketing consultants, because we want it to be a sustainable business.
2: Having your business house in order. That's good. Does that also then translate into having one's spiritual house in order from a ministry standpoint? And I ask that question, Pastor Russell, because I'm struck by the commonality of not only sometimes the struggles that young emerging businesses have, but even young emerging churches may have mm-hmm. in the sense that, well, the old adage, my people perish for lack of knowledge. That's right.
3: That's right. You know, you, again, you're hitting on some great points. Um A lot of times when we're in church, we say this is the business of God and this is God's business. Well, like I said to you earlier, if it's God's business, we should be doing it a lot better than we do any other business. And with that, we need all the knowledge we can get in order to make him proud, make him happy, make him know that he can trust us with what he's giving us to do. And it's not just about getting in the pulpit and say, open up your Bible and let me teach you this. It's about making sure from A to Z, we're handling the business of God correctly. And I don't want to be one to just lift my hand and say, hallelujah, God is good. But then
2: when it comes to the business side of the church, I'm not handling it the right way. And, of course, that can apply in a broad variety of areas when it comes to ministry, not just simply how we, for example, keep the books. Yeah. But but even the way we live out church life Mm -hmm. before the world where the world can be so quick to not only criticize but oftentimes see the flaws that we ourselves don't see. I mean it's interesting. You talk to any non-believer and they can probably give you a laundry list 20 pages long of all the things that we're supposed to be against. Yeah. And yet oftentimes we ourselves don't even understand as believers what it is that we are standing for.
3: Right. Right. Oh, you know that's a good point. Uh, I, I I tell my church all the time. I say, hey, um, we we do a great job of teaching people how to be hypocrites. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the church should be a place where flaws are on display because it's the song the song that uh, I love by Hillsong. They said, my sin was great, but his love was greater. And if we really believe that, then. We can come in the church and say, Hey, let me be transparent here, let me be naked here because in this place it's a safe place for me to have the healing that I need. And I believe then the non believer will look into the church and say, You know what? I, I really respect the fact that they're not acting like they have tea every single morning with Jesus because I don't. Um, but my sin is ever before me and that's what gets me on my knees every day and say Lord you're using me and it's by your grace by your mercy by your love that you know I am who I am it's not by my own doing and and so there's a health to that there's a spiritual health to that and then I think talking about the things we need to talk about in small groups and then bringing in knowledgeable people to talk about them helps us be a healthy church and a church that's Respected by the non believer, you know, because
2: they can't come in if they don't respect us. Visiting today with Pastor Timothy Russell, Senior Pastor at New Hope Christian Fellowship in the city of Hayward. More information, by the way, available on the web at Hope4Hayward.com. That's Hope4Hayward.com. The broadcast, New Hope Christian, heard Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. and Equally Yoked, Saturdays at 12 noon, right here on KFAX. We'll tell you more about both of the programs coming up right after a quick timeout,
1: right after this.
2: Welcome back to the conversation, Craig Robertson, studio today with Pastor Timothy Russell. He is senior pastor of New Hope Christian Fellowship and the church broadcast now heard Sunday mornings at ten thirty a.m. right here on KFAX. Great way to get your uh, your Sunday morning off to a wonderful start in the Word. And you know, talking before the break, Pastor, I was struck by this notion that yeah, we sometimes do put forward the idea that the church is about a place. Occupied with flawless, perfect people. But at the end of the day, if we were all flawless, perfect people, that would also suggest that we would be capable of keeping the law. Mm -hmm. And we know certainly that isn't true. And so sometimes perhaps there is a disconnect in adequately communicating to the outside world, to the non believers, that it was while we were yet in our sins that Christ died for us. And the church is not a place to be occupied by perfect people, but by people that are imperfect in the process of being perfected. That's right. And we're all at different stages along the way. And, And maybe if folks saw the body of believers, the modern day church today is more of a hospital that they can run into broken and failing and wounded and hurting and having all the flaws that are inherent to man's fallen sin condition and to be able to, through a time in God's word and prayer and discipleship, slowly shed all of those flaws. Sadly, though, we don't preach much of that anymore, that notion of sin salvation in the process of sanctification. Come on
3: now I mean I grew up where it was there was the three works of grace. It was, it was justification, regeneration and sanctification. There's this process that where he um, turns us around to flow in a different direction and um, we don't teach it enough. We teach it at New Hope all the time. I'm part of a pastoral team that um, we do not mind testifying about the good of the Lord in our lives, I think there are three things I deal with every single day. There is the struggles that are on each side of me that are pulling on me, things that I was the product of, my environment, you know, they're pulling on me every single day that I have to overcome. Then there's the past tapping me on my shoulder, and in front of me is my distraction, and 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 if I and when I use this illustration, I had someone in front of me, my wife, because she's beautiful and she's a distraction. <laughs> and then on the side of me, I asked two men to come and just pull on each one of my arms. And then I had one of the other pastors tap me on the shoulder the whole time. And I said, this is what your life looks like. But we press towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. And I wanted them to understand, don't think you're weird. Don't think that you're not normal Because everyone's life looks like this. And some of us know how to press a little bit better because we've matured in Christ and we know how to get past the distraction and we know how to shake off the struggle and we know how to ignore what's tapping us on the shoulder because we know God's goodness and mercy is following us. We know that his rod and staff is there to comfort us. But for the babies... A lot of times they're knocked out the box because when they go through those things, they go, well, what's wrong with me? And I I don't get it. And why am I still struggling if I'm saved? And they need to know that this is going to be what your life looks like for the rest of your life. But now you have the strength of the Lord in every weak area of your life to give you the power to overcome anything. So
2: So. it, it is in that sense, then, a battle. Yeah. And we see these illustrations throughout Scripture and I am struck by the notion that if you've ever visited a museum that dates back to the times of the Knights, you see that the armor that they put on was not simply a breastplate that covered the front. That the right. armor, in fact, that they put on covered the whole body, mm-hmm. both right and left, and front and head and back. Because we are essentially surrounded by the enemy yes, in, in, in so many respects. And so to understand that putting on daily the whole armor of God that provides us that 360-degree protection from all sides is an important thing to keep in mind, and that this is not a – we know how the war comes out. We know at the end of the day who wins the war. When and how Scripture gives us that insight, right? But it's in the process of winning the war that you have to fight the battles,
3: right? You know, you just gave me a sermon. I, you gave me something to preach <laughs> on. I tell you, because
2: Sunday, <laughs> yeah, <gonna>
3: <laughs> you know, because when you gave me the illustration there, the armor, I never thought about that. And I think where in, individuals struggle is they're not taught how to function within the armor. And it's frustrating because armor, is it makes you uncomfortable. And the Word of God makes us uncomfortable. Our flesh is not comfortable in the Word of God. It never will be. It's an enemy to God, and God's an enemy to our flesh. So if we can get this armor on and then be taught how to function in it, um, there's some restrictions with the armor. There's benefits, and but then there's also things you can't do in the armor that you could do if you don't have the armor on. So the enemy frustrates us to the point we start taking it off. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Come on. So we can function a little bit easier and we're more comfortable. And now we're susceptible to what the enemy wants to do in our lives and how he wants to frustrate them. And I told the church all the time, there are two enemies that we deal with. There's the enemy that we always talk about, the E-N-E-M-Y, the enemy. But then there's another enemy. There's the I-N-A-M-E, the enemy. Mm-hmm. There's something in me that's connecting with the enemy on the outside that I have to battle with every single day. And that's where I depend on the Lord to give me strength to overcome. Well, and
2: Paul spoke of dying daily to the flesh. Yeah. It wasn't a once and done. <laughs> now, we don't want to confuse people in the sense that our salvation is set and secure. Yes. That Christ's death on the cross was sufficient for all sin, for all mankind, for all time, forever. That's right. But that we have to die daily to the flesh because of that battle. That's right. And also to be, I think, cognizant of the fact as we speak about the battle lines being drawn all around us, that those battles can take place in the mind. They can take place in the heart. Yep. They can take place in the finances, yeah they can take place in the look or gaze that you give to another woman who does not happen to be your wife that 's right it can be the manner in which you deal with your children it can be the manner in which you handle your business at home or at church all of those areas are battlegrounds yeah. that we need to be prepared for to do battle. one of the areas that I know both you and your wife Vanessa are very passionate about is, is the battleground that takes place in relationships. Mm -hmm. In fact you've just started a new broadcast here on KFAX Saturdays at noon called Equally Yoked that really goes to the heart of this matter of understanding the the unique relationship between a couple and their God and the importance of that synergy yeah. That takes place in you know uh, I'm drawing for the audience here who yeah. can't see on the radio. It <laughs> uh, takes place in that in that that triangular relationship with God at the head and and the husband and wife at each side yeah. but all in equal balance and equal relationship to one another. Yeah. And that if any side of that triangle gets broken that relationship fails. Yeah, that's true. I mean uh, my wife is so great
3: at describing what equally yoked means and when we were on the show she was just talking about how we all have that we have this yoke around us where we're carrying this burden of the lord that he's given us and i and i don't want to use a burden in the wrong tense where it's oh marriage is a burden no but it's a responsibility to one another but we're carrying it together and and God's right there connected to us um, giving us the strength to accomplish
2: what he's put before us to accomplish. If you've ever seen the illustration of two oxen together and uh, sometimes you'll see these oxen one may look old and tired and beat up and has been plowing the field for many many years and the animal is tired and doesn't have the energy is slumping is stumbling and you see the weight that that causes on the other oxen who now is having to pick up the extra burden and oftentimes in that yoke they're heavy things if you've ever seen them on the farmland they're, yeah. they're made out of solid wood four sometimes six inches thick and if both aren't equally carrying the weight yeah is it any wonder that you see one side start to collapse and then that yoke falls into the ground and then it burrows into the soil and suddenly now neither of those oxen That's right. are able to move ahead?
3: That's right. And, and, and it really, that is such a great illustration of what you just gave right there. I mean, we have to definitely understand that process and understand. I tell my children, I tell my wife, I tell the church, you have to pray for me. I'm not going to be the husband you want me to be, honey, if you're not praying for me. Children, I'm not going to be the dad you need me to be if you're not praying for me. Church, I'm not going to be the pastor that you need me to be if you're not praying for me. And it's important for them to understand that in order for me to hold up my end of the relationship with each one of these components and even more, even my job, I have to be in the will of God. I have to be strengthened by the Lord and I have to be doing what he's told me to do. And if I don't, I'm going to be just like the illustration. I'm going to be dragging the marriage, dragging the relationship of my children, dragging the church down because I'm not where I'm supposed to be because I'm not prayed up. I'm not, as my mom used to say, if you ain't prayed up, you ain't stayed up. You know?
2: (laughs) Joining me today in studio, Pastor Timothy Russell, Senior Pastor at New Hope Christian Fellowship. We'll take a brief time out back to more of our conversation. By the way, more information available about the ministry, which is located in Hayward at 22110 Montgomery Street, just off Mission in Hayward. Information on the web at hope4hayward.com. That's hope4hayward.com. A brief time out back with more right after this. Welcome back to our conversation. Today in studio, Pastor Timothy Russell, Senior Pastor of New Hope Christian Fellowship. Of course, the broadcast heard Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. And uh, I'm curious the motivation in terms of not only bringing the pulpit ministry to Northern California, as you do through the New Hope uh, Christian Fellowship broadcast again Sundays at 10.30, but the Equally Go program. um, You've clearly identified some challenges That marriages are facing these days, where, let's face it, statistics alone bear out between the high percentage of marriages that end in divorce and then a higher percentage of young people today that just look at marriage and say, no, you know what, I I see what happened to my aunt and uncle or to my parents. I don't even want to start that process. Right. Oh, we'll have kids. We'll cohabitate. But uh, all this commitment business now, that just gets too involved. That, that's that's too, too sticky of a thing to get involved with. Yeah. It must really burden the heart of the Lord to know that the very institution that he created— through which he should be glorified is facing the challenges it 's facing in society today
3: yeah I, I i think that part of the problem is again uh, we 're destroyed for lack of knowledge um, um, we we 're not making me and my wife talk about it we 're not making home the priority you know one thing we do at our church is our communion service. Is family-run or family-driven. It's not done from the pulpit. Um, the greeters come out, the ushers come out, and they hand out communion. And I immediately say, or one of the senior leaders at leaders the church say, hey, turn to your family now and administer communion. Wow. And it's so powerful because some take a long time, some take a short time. But when you see this picture of these groups of families, and some people come without their family and they just get adopted for the day. Come on into my family. It it, it really is putting family on the forefront. It's making people understand that we're about family here. I tell the church all the time, your husband, not Pastor Tim, not Pastor Victor, not Pastor Bill and all the other. Your husband is the priest of your home. He's the priest of your home. He's, whoa, he's not, oh, my, my, no, 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 no. Your husband is the priest of your home. Is he where he needs to be in God? If he's not, he's still the priest of your home. So don't go home saying, well, Pastor Tim said this, and Pastor because that's not benefiting the home. That's not building the home. So we really, the Lord gave me and my wife saying, you're going to have a strong church because you're going to have strong families. So to your point, I think, The marriages that are failing are failing because of the lack of knowledge and the lack of commitment
2: from institutions and organizations
3: that are helping them be strong.
2: Well, we began our conversation today, Pastor Tim, talking about mentoring and the importance of mentoring. And and I'm struck by the fact that oftentimes even the best intended couple who, who have met in church and love the Lord and wish to serve the Lord, and yet one or both of whom Come from families that have had struggles. Yeah. Come from families where there is a strong evidence of lack of leadership by one parent or both. Come from families where uh, there's been uh, strife and there hasn't been harmony in the relationship. And so as a result, they have nothing to mimic or model because they've not been exposed to it. And then they take all of the failures of their family of origin into their new relationship. And then we wonder why six months later, six years later, they're standing up in front of the judge saying, throw the bum out. Get me out of this relationship. Where do I sign the divorce papers? Uh, Is it important not only in terms of demonstrating and modeling proper mentorship for the health of our own marriage relationship, but then for the benefit of our children, and and I think on a couple of levels, not only in terms of seeing how a healthy, happy marriage relationship looks, but also we see such a percentage of young people today who reach collegiate level, Mm -hmm. they're out. They're not only out of the house to go to college, they're out of the church. That's true. And a higher and higher percentage of them. Where heretofore, yeah, they might stray and sow their wild oaks, as, as we all do mm-hmm. did as kids, but a higher percentage of them are never coming back. right And so I have to wonder if part of the problem here, too, is that we kind of thought, well, just by taking them to church would be sufficient. I wonder how many would say, you know, I've never seen mom and dad pray together. Wow. I have never come home to see dad at the end of the day. If I brought him a problem or a concern about something, to say, well, let's go to the Word and see what God's Word has to say about wow. this. You know, my son, um, he said something to me.
3: Uh, he said, uh, when you're on the treadmill, I come in, and you don't know that I come into the room, and you have your earphones on, and you have your hands lifted in the air, and you're singing worship music, and that let me know that they're watching us. Mm-hmm. They watch us how we deal with our disagreements. They watch us how, like you said, we pray together. I'm not, my wife is great at praying. She, like I said on our show, she prays over me every morning. I'm laying in the bed and she'll lay her hands on me and pray. And, and my response is, <laughs> <laughs>
2: hit the snooze button. Give me 10 more. <laughs> so she's real
3: good at praying. Um, but my, the children see that. They see that happening. They, They see us going to church together. They see us active with one another. And it's not a... We look one way at church, and then we look another way at home.
2: We don't do that. And that's important, too, isn't it? Because a lot of believers, they, they put on their Sunday finest. Come on. And they put on their Sunday spirituality. And come Monday, they are back to living like the devil. For wow, the Sunday days. night. <laughs> Sunday night, that's right. <laughs> Sunday night, they might not make it late. Game time, 1 o'clock. On, that's go. it. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I,
3: you know, it's funny. I said to, I announced to the church not too long ago, I said, hey, we're getting ready to start having a Sunday night service. And the church cheered yay and I said but it won't be here at the church it'll be at your homes around the table with you and your family we want you to take the what you are hearing today and we want you to go home and at some point tonight have Sunday night service at your home get around the table and Richard guest one of my good friends and him and his wife run our pastoral care ministry there he said something to me he said we sit around the table and we say things like this the sermon was it by the word or was it just did it preach good? I mean, and they really talk about stuff because you know some stuff I may throw out is entertainment, you know, hey, this and that. But but I love the fact that they go and dissect the word together. And I, I tell people all the time, ministry is chicken. You eat the meat and throw out the bone. You don't know, gnaw on the bone; it's going to hurt your teeth. And you know what well, some people do, but 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 that's what
2: ministry is about. But well, you know, the irony with that though is. And I, not to rob any of no, your thunder. No, 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 it's all right. That's not a new concept. It's, People listening and saying, wow, really? Church at home? I mean, Come just on, like now, you us, could have said that was family? my new one. Come on. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I, I, I suspect you've probably been through the book of Acts once or twice. <laughs> because, once or twice. <laughs> yeah. Because at the end of the day, what you're talking about is modeling the exact model yes. that was established in the first century church, sometimes with one of the apostles sitting right there. That said, iron sharpens iron. That's right. And not to take anything away from the big fellowship, and there's a lot to be said for the choir is just belting it out, and we're all together in harmony, and we're imagining this picture of the thousand of us or ten thousand of us must be a microcosm of what heaven is going to look like. And yet the real work gets done when you're able to sit across the table Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one to another and say... How you doing? Don't give me the, the, I've just walked into church, picked up the bulletin, and I'm going to the pew answer. Give me the answer about what is really going on in your life. That's where are good. you with God today? That's good. And, and that's, that's where the good. work takes place. So actually, what you're talking about is a concept where the church can be at its best— because that's the way God designed it to be in the first place, you know
3: um, I was at a uh, our district gathering with um, Foursquare and there was a bunch of pastors and uh, our our district supervisor um, pastor Brian he said, "Now I want you to turn to the table that you're at and begin to discuss what you were what you learned today and in that conversation came up where I tell our staff, I tell our worship leaders, I tell anyone, I says, I don't want them at church every Sunday, and you should have saw the eyes. I want them at church every Sunday in the sense where I want you committed and serving here, but if I see Pastor Randy, who's our worship leader, always at service on Sunday, I want to... Approach him, and I'm going to say, "Hey, I, I need you to take next week off, and you and your wife, or you and your family, just go off and and enjoy the weekend together somewhere." And I want that on a regular basis, whether it's once a quarter or whatever it is, because we can't be great at corporate, but bad at private. Mm-hmm. And and really, we're great at corporate worship when we come together and we fellowship together because of what's going on in our homes, what's going on in our private lives. And so we encourage them to make that ministry more important than the corporate ministry.
2: And let's face it, of. we can all put on a happy face and we can get through a Sunday morning. Yes. But... God is the one who examines our very heart. That's right. And he's the only one. We might be able to blow it past the boss, the wife, the kids, the IRS. You're not going to blow it past him.
3: You're not. And one of the worst things is for your wife or your husband to be sitting in the audience while you're up there doing what you're doing. And they're looking at you like.
2: He or she knows the fight that you just ended 15 minutes before the service started. That's right. And is gearing up to get to Part two. The minute you say, bless God, go home, and do likewise. Yeah. I want my kids to say, you
3: know, I haven't always agreed with my dad, but one thing I can say is he's a man of God. That's greater than someone saying, I love Pastor Tim. He's a great teacher. If My kids can say... My dad's a great man of God. That means more to me than what comes from the
2: pews. And, and that really, at the end of the day, is the legacy, isn't it? Yeah. And it takes us back again to that notion of mentorship. Yeah. Pastor Tim Russell with us today, lead pastor at New Hope Christian Fellowship. And again, more information available about the ministry on the web at Hope4Hayward.com. That's Hope4Hayward.com. A brief timeout, back with more right after this.
1: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the
2: conversation. Craig Roberts in studio with Pastor Timothy Russell. And uh, joining us right now is Pastor Timothy's number one distraction. <laughs> His lovely wife, Vanessa. And, of course, you're familiar with Vanessa's work as a host of Abolition Radio, Love Never Fails. Heard Saturdays at 3 p.m. right here on KFAX. And uh, yeah. thanks for dropping in.
4: Oh, thanks for having me. You're back there what taking notes. Day. Is he pretty accurate yeah. of most things? Oh, yeah. He's on point.
2: Okay, good, good. <laughs> yeah. Just the way you taught him, right? Yeah, that's
4: right. Well-trained.
2: <laughs> let's, let's talk, Vanessa, for a moment about... The new radio broadcast, Equally Yoked. And we were talking a bit earlier about this terrible sense of imbalance that often comes to relationships and and a lack of mentoring. Or as you mentioned, Timothy, just before the break, we can see our parents go through a difficult marriage relationship. We sometimes think that it's all about the people and forget the role that the enemy plays who is vigilant Mm -hmm. in doing everything he can to try and destroy relationships because he knows if he can destroy relationships, he can put a black eye on the church. If he can put a black eye on the mm. church, oh, yeah. he can gain territory to help defeat the church. I mean, that's at right. the end of the day, that's that's his modus operandi. And so toward that end, give us a sense of what you're hoping to accomplish in the radio broadcast in in bringing to the listeners Both of your experiences, not only from your own marriage relationship, but the challenges that perhaps you bring to the relationship and and to your experience from having viewed the way your parents struggled, maybe, through marriage.
4: Yeah, so um, I, you know, when I think about the message that we're sharing at New Hope for this year, which is protect your destiny, uh, and you talked about territory. In my mind, marriage is an assignment that the Lord has given, and that sounds kind of dry. It's a fun exi- assignment. It's a, it's an enjoyable assignment, um, but it does come with some work and some effort, and some um, there there needs to be some clarity on what the assignment is about, and and. And, and so what I have learned through my failures, really, in marriage, I, I was divorced prior to marrying my husband. And and even in that situation, I realized um, that um, it's much more than an attraction, much more than what I can do for you and you can do for me. It has to do about what, who we are in Christ together as one union and what we are purposed to do together. And that really is the destiny that we're protecting As we commit to our marriage, commit to our children, and then even um, are so bold. I'm I'm really humbled that the Lord has placed in our heart to do equally yoked radio because that then is giving us a platform to not only um, minister to each other in that way and our kids in that way. And hopefully, like I heard in the last segment, replicate amongst our children. I want to see our David and, and Natasha and Eric have healthy marriages and children and households. Um, and, and when we do that, uh, we are um, giving an opportunity to others to have those mentors, to have those role models, and we're going to fall short. And so, you know, we, we're we not the end-all, be-all. There's other people we're going to invite in that are going to provide insight, and we're just praying and hoping that someone who's listening will be blessed and um, and will come to know the assignment of the Lord over their life.
2: So to make those marriages, you have to model them.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes.
2: And there's going to be mistakes and errors along the way. But, again, it's about that that perfection process. We That's talked right. earlier about sanctification process mm-hmm. that takes place over time. And it does take effort. It takes work. It, it always amazes me how people think that you can have wonderful relationships with putting no time, no effort, no energy into it whatsoever. And, and that is not only blatantly untrue at the horizontal plane mm-hmm. it's blatantly untrue With the vertical plane mm-hmm. how can yeah. you hope to walk in fellowship with God when you don't read his word don't pray don't go to church don't don't spend time in communion with him mm-hmm. Yes. and is it any wonder that Jesus said oh yeah you did miracles in my name guess what I don't know who you are oh man that's good I yeah. don't know you
3: right. I don't want to hear that from him just like I don't want to hear my kids say dad I don't know you or, mm-hmm. or my wife say who are you mm-hmm. I don't even know you that's, what's gonna, that's what the Lord's going to say to many. I don't want to be performing the role of a husband or performing the role of a father because then they don't know me. I want to have a relationship with them, which requires time. I have to study my kids just like I have to study the word. I have to love on them just like I have to love on Christ. And then they know me. And then in doing what I'm supposed to do in Christ, he'll know me as well. Is that one of the biggest chastisements that can be out there? I don't know you. I think so. Yeah. I think so.
4: Yeah, I think I think you have to um, make time for the knowing, for the intimacy, and you get stuck thinking this marriage, this relationship, is my gift for me, instead of realizing that it's a gift that you have to appreciate, you know, just the way when you're, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when we get into worship, when we start uh, worshiping and singing for the, to the Lord, tears come to my eyes, and I just cannot believe that I have been blessed to be counted, yeah. you know, by Christ as a, as a daughter, right? And, and I have to have that same feeling about my marriage, about my kids. I'm, I cannot believe that I'm so blessed mm-hmm. to be married. To this this awesome man that's here, and to be you know able to appreciate him, love on him, like the gift that he is to me, and not take him for granted. And that's hard to do because sometimes we want to be selfish. Hey, this is a gift. I'm keeping it for myself. I'm gonna use it up, and I'm gonna toss it away. But that's not the way you treat a gift that's precious. Well, we
2: make demands on one another, and, and even sometimes to the point of distorting scripture. I mean, what we've all heard repeated a thousand times, and and uh, women in the audience you can raise your hand uh, if you feel to do so uh, and acknowledgement of this when there's been an insistent. Well, you know you have to obey me. I mean, scripture says. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Come on now, you mess. No, hold on, you mess us up? So much. Hold on, hold
4: on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't know that we'll scripture.
0: Talk later. <laughs> no, we'll talk later.
2: <laughs> but then to recognize that right immediately thereafter, not ten pages later, not not ten chapters or ten books later, right immediately thereafter. We're told, and husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Right. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And the guy's kind of dodged a bullet on that one and didn't say I have to obey her. Oh, but wait a minute, though. How did Christ love the church? Mm. He died for the church. Became obedient to death. He sacrificed his life on a cross. He suffered, bled out. Was humiliated, spat upon, yeah, and buried in a borrowed grave for the church. That's right. Right. So now, husbands, when you want to talk about obedience, <laughs> That's a why just say okay? Up. But now, don't forget—that's true. What comes right behind that scripture? Right. right. And you,
3: and you know what? On that, you, when you were talking, he's been giving me all kinds of sermons all day. But <laughs> you were talking because he became obedient unto death. For the church, he had a name, God gave him a name that's above all names, that at the mention of his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and say that he is Lord. If I'm obedient in that same vein, then my kids will sing my name and say there's no dad like my dad. My wife will say there's no husband. Look look what God's doing. He's giving me a name that's above all names to my family because I'm honoring Christ by doing by like you said early, mimicking him the way he did the church with
2: my family. And that mentoring, that modeling leads to legacy building. Yeah. And Can't we all agree, wouldn't it be so much easier? I mean, people learn in different ways. You can hand somebody an instruction manual and say, here, 500 pages, go, read, memorize, and do this. Mm -hmm. But I like to think most of us learn the easiest by seeing somebody else do it. Yeah. Nah, never mind that 500 pages. I haven't got time for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, every woman in the audience listening knows exactly what this like Christmas morning is husband's trying to put. Husband's trying to put together uh, the bicycle for the kid on yeah. who needs the instructions and you know <laughs> later on there's 10 <laughs> bolts and 11 washers all left over. I have no idea where they belong. But the bike works. The, the yes. bike works. Yeah. yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> but if you can see it built mm-hmm. yeah. and say, "Oh, I see." Yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. It Burn something into your mind, and in this example, into your heart. Yes. That I think makes the capacity then to repeat so much easier. I mean, oh yeah. Uh, how many great cooks out there learned out of a book? No, they watched mom at the stove. That's right. Yeah. And watched what mom did and said. Okay, I'm going to model that, mm-hmm. and as a result, became an excellent cook. If we could just apply the same methodology. Yeah. To our relationships, and now. Live our lives in such a fashion that our kids are not embarrassed someday to look to mom or dad as an example in modeling for parenting or for a marriage relationship, let alone to see dad in the bedroom on his knees Mm -hmm. with the door closed. You just opened the door by accident. There's dad praying. Mm. What young man or on woman,
4: the exercise bikes, yelling and worshiping. That's it. Top of yeah. his lungs. Off, off key, we might ask I, was,
3: I, was, on know, I was on key. I was on key. No, I was on key.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but to look at that, and that gets burned indelibly yeah. in your mind. Yes. Yeah? And then you can say later on in life, I know what to do because I've seen it modeled. I mean, let's face it. We know how to live as Christians because we saw Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Modeling it. Yeah. And then the apostles came and said, and as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's right. right. And if we can just see ourselves as a part of that everlasting lineage of that modeling that's being passed down from generation to generation. Yeah. To learn what it's like to be godly husbands, godly wives, godly parents, godly children, godly men and women. Yeah. Wow. The church... Could really be on fire. Yeah, yes. I totally agree with you on that. That's good. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back with some closing remarks. Visiting today in studio with Pastor Timothy and Vanessa Russell. They are senior pastors and first lady of New Hope Christian Fellowship, located in Hayward. The broadcast—you need a, a whole list now to keep track of this. <laughs> so, uh, Love Never Fails, Abolition Radio, Saturday at three p.m. right here on KFAX. Vanessa hosts that. New Hope Christian Sundays at ten thirty a.m. Pastor Timothy hosts that. And Equally Oak, Saturdays at 12 noon, they host that together. Details on the web at kfax.com. A brief timeout, back with more right after this